This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Thanks for being with us, ladies and gentlemen, as we work through the Monday edition of Kelly and Rumya. Rumya away for the day. Brock Richardson happily sitting in his uh, second day of duty. He was here with Danielle McLaughlin on, of course, our Gateway uh, opening week, weekend event on Fridays as they got you started into the weekend. And here he is to begin us here on the program with a, another week. And uh, always fun, Brock. Always great to have you. Um, we have been having these tremendous conversations, I find, about mobility. And, you know, you get thinking, how much stuff can you guys talk about mobility? And there's a lot out there. And, and the angles that we have had the pleasure of taking, I think, have been really enlightening. And you walk away with a few things to think about. So let's do this. Let's bring Mark Rankin in, who's going to be discussing orientation and mobility with us. Where am I? Where am I going? And how do I get there? I'm Mark Rankin. As a certified orientation and mobility specialist, I've been helping pedestrians with vision loss answer those questions for decades, with a few detours along the way. Join me on Kelly and Rumya for some travel tips and tall tales from the streets of Toronto. Man, you never know what you're going to get in Toronto on those streets. But I'm sure lots of people will tell us, man, you don't know what you're going to get on my country road just outside of Ambro. You know, you don't know, Kelly, so don't be saying that or counting us out. Mark, welcome back to the show. And as, as I get ready to line you up with this introduction and what we're going to talk about today... I stop and think about the uses that we have. We've talked a lot about AI, about ChatGPT, about the different uses out there, and so many things that are widespread. It's just common every 10 minutes on this program, it seems, nowadays. We talk about wonderful services such as IRA, um, Love IRA, but sometimes it's not necessarily the affordable one for some people to be able to use because nowadays we have some options out there and today we're talking about how be my eyes can help with orientation and mobility welcome back to the show thanks kelly uh nice to meet you brock if you're still on um nice to meet you as well i i guess what what i want to talk about mostly today is the ai function of of be my eyes so be my ai um, because that's what I've been playing with because it's 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 new. Um, but I'm gonna kind of go back and talk about it in the context of vision loss and, and orientation kind of overall. because um, what I've talked about a lot in in our chats is how technology kind of works as a stand-in for some of the sensor information that um, you lack if you don't, you know, if you have a, a vision a vision loss of some sort. Um, that's excellent. and I was thinking about, so uh, now <laughs> at the risk of having people tune out right now, I'm going to quote Immanuel Kant, 18th century <laughs> German philosopher. Um, <laughs> this is one of a famous quote of his, the critique of pure reason. He's trying to figure out how uh, conditions under which um, thought and uh, ideas are possible. Uh, and so he's got this quote that the thoughts uh, without content are empty, intuitions without concepts are blind. So I don't like the use of blind in this case, it's kind of a negative concept. Uh, kind of application of it. But essentially what he's saying is in order to make sense of any experience, you need to have a concept. So concepts relating to the things that you're experiencing and you need to have sensory experience, right? If you just get sensory experience and you don't have any ideas or concepts to apply to that, it's 
just right. confusing. It's just a mass of, That's right. of input. Now, you know, and this is sort of what we sometimes see, especially with people who are congenitally blind, is they can have concepts of not maybe as full as people with sight because so much of learning is just by osmosis through observation, right? So sight really is a shortcut to learning a lot of things. If you're experiencing things through your other senses, it tends to take longer. So they don't have the broad overview that sight does where it can take in a room and connect all those other sensory experiences together, right? So you look at a room, you see that the kettle's whistling, you know, you you see that the the hum is from the 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 vent in the corner, or whatever. And all that stuff kind of gets sorted by 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 sight. Um, right. Now, without that, so there's 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 always shortcuts that we have to come up with in terms of uh, mobility training, and um, it could be a GPS uh, program. And I was you know when we, the one I like is is Soundscape because it tends to be less verbose and more customizable than some of the other ones, some of the other GPS aids. Um, and so it provides an experience that's a little bit closer to kind of a natural experience of walking through an environment. Um, so, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, so I was going to say, you know, there's other things that that have been popular in the past. Um, this is the Moet sensor. It's a little uh, device, kind of looks like a charging block. Um, oh. It's about that size. Got two channels, sort of a far and a, and a close. You press, you you activate it, and it sends out a, a pulse, and it comes back, beep, beep, beep. It speeds up if you're getting closer to an obstacle, and it the 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 intervals between the pulses slow down if you're further away. So okay. very simple to, to use, doesn't give you a lot of information, but if you want to walk around something unexpected, it's quite useful. Um, not Does not give you a full concept of the area you're traveling in, but sometimes that's not what you need when you just want to avoid an obstacle that's unexpected right. in your path. Um, this one, uh, the K-Sonar, is a little more advanced, so it can be clipped to a cane. This is really old technology. This stuff still works. These things are probably 50 years old, uh, and they oh, still wow. work. Um, this one gives uh, more detailed information about the environment in that the the it, it uses sonar, and when it bounces off something, the tone changes depending on the composition of the thing it is bouncing off of. So it gives you... The tone changes to indicate your proximity to an obstacle, and the tone changes depending on the composition of the Now, what I mean by that is something hard like a cement wall sounds different than something relatively softer like a drywall wall. Right, or a wood and, or something. Yeah, and it's very hard to explain it, except it, like the, I guess it's a sharper sound. I don't know how I would, someone who's yeah. used this, and, and, and it's actually quite eye-opening to go out with someone who uses one of these. There's not many people who do because it's such old technology. Um, but you can, for instance, point this around and you can say, that sounds like lamppost and that sounds like a tree. Um, that sounds like a like a window. That yeah. sounds like maybe a, maybe a wooden door. Wow. Kind of and, and when you think of somebody maybe who is a on a big campus, or I don't even want to say like necessarily just Toronto, but I'm thinking of uses because I've never had that opportunity to check these out really or use them. And I'm thinking, would I have walked around 
you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago with something like this, waving it or whatever. But when you say, oh, that's a lamppost, that's a, and if you're walking somewhere and you're trying to get somewhere and you need to know, okay, there's no noise ahead of me, it's pretty clear. Again, not sure what it does with trees and bushes or, or, or you know, you can't get that lo like low step or anything. But these things are interesting because I'm, I have to say to you, do you know of people when you say walk around people, where are the practical uses for most of these things? Yeah, I think now they were really, it was, it was, uh, there was a kind of an explosion or a lot of devices that came out that did similar stuff to this and the technology never really advanced. So if you think of something like the buzz clip that people use, um, yep. kind of a more modern That's version, what that sonar uh, kind of reminds, or yeah, no, the yeah. block, I kind of, you know, if you put the block on you, maybe I, I, it's closer to that. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very similar technology. Technology hasn't really improved. Um, the devices have gotten a little bit smaller, um, but I think there was one time where the I think these things were viewed as a possible substitution for the sensor information you would get through sight. And there was some really advanced functions. So there were some people that could even use, um, so there were ones that were mounted on, a, on glasses. You would get tones in each ear. So you could, if the tone was louder in one ear, you could you could sort of localize where the obstacle was in front of you. People could walk through obstacle courses. Some people could even, by shifting their gaze when they were anticipating a step or a curb, could even hear a difference there and use that. Wow. So it was a totally different way to relate to the world through an artificial sensory experience um, that only worked if you became so proficient at it that it basically worked like another sense, right? So you didn't have to think about it or interpret it. No. Otherwise, it just wouldn't have worked. And that's a huge learning curve. Uh, it took, a, you have to find someone who was good at instructing it as well. Right. Uh, and I think it was just so, such a huge undertaking uh, and such a such a different way of doing things that it never really took off to the extent that... Um, and money. I guess that, that the inventors hope. Yeah, oh yeah. If you, and, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. there would probably be run right out of money because there wasn't the demand, there wasn't the interest to, to persist. And of course, the community in question, you know, we, we stick to our canes. We stick to, well, you know, I've got a hand, I've got a cane, that'll tell me as much as I need to know. Um, and without the money, you can't push the research of use of it further. Is there anything else, Mark, you got of one of those older yeah. devices? Uh, no, and I was going to say, you know, your, oh, okay. your point about canes, I think canes do the same thing, right? They provide us with some sensory information um, that you're not getting. And you have to be pretty proficient with a cane to kind of know that, you know, what kind of textures you're feeling. You, you get a certain echo of a cane tip striking, you know, different different sort of surfaces. Um, so all that stuff kind of provides, I think, like a, a stand-in for sensory information. When I'm trying the AI function, so with Be My, Be My Eyes, I don't find it's it's as used, so it's not really, it doesn't really, to me, function well as an orientation mobility aid, except as an occasional orientation aid. Like you can use it, I've, 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 it'll tell you a lot of information, really too much. So I, I think it's overly verbose, and I think that's, chat GPT is like that, it kind of, I always feel like it's a, Undergraduate trying to yeah this yeah we, like we have had a lot of conversation. <laughs> we had Christine Malik on the show the other day, and this yeah. is one of those things that you know her and Ramya have talked a lot extensively out here. Take a picture of a room, get an idea of the the, the room. Maybe some of the layout, maybe some of the obstacles. If, if if you know if it's a big crowded room or a space, so we can see some of the uses for some of that stuff. We know it can be a little wrong as it as it guessed. But one of the things I've said is. 
it seems to describe like that opening of a chapter in a book, looking at the valley and describing everything to you in a form that a writer would. You know, yeah. um, and like you said, a lot of stuff. I remember as a kid, my father would start reading that and say, okay, and skip down a, you know, a half a page because there was so much of that. It was too much. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I tried it, you know, at intersections. It will tell you if there's a walk signal up, but I mean, the delay is significant, so I would never rely on it. Um, right. I was using it to try and read um, signage. So a street sign from across the street. But again, It'll give you the street name, but it's like, like you said, at the beginning chapter of a novel, because you're hearing all about the foliage in the background and the light and how it's hitting the sidewalk and all this stuff. Now, I think there is a place for that, though, because I think, you know, when when I was talking about how sometimes, you know, if you don't have a lot of, ex of experience, if you don't have all, all the sensory experience that kind of fills in those gaps that maybe a lack of vision can sometimes create, this is a really good analog for what it's like to look around. Mm -hmm. It really describes how vision works quite well. Like it'll tell you what's in the foreground, what's in the background. Um, you know, I took a picture of, we were, a few of us at work were taking pictures of pictures to see how it would um, represent like a, a work of art. I took a picture of a really confusing picture that I have hanging over my desk. And it, you know, it, it described it as best as it could um like sepia tones a lot of stuff that was quite interesting also told me that my desk was messy Lo a high degree <laughs> of clutter on my desk I yeah. was a little judgy but um <laughs> it was kind of interesting because i thought that's something that if you didn't have the experience of fight um this gives you a sense of how many things we process visually so if i'm just trying to find you know walk down the street and and not get lost as a sighted person, I'm also filtering out all this stuff, all this stuff that 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 uh, you don't that need the AI function. You know, yeah, we don't need. Yeah, which is right. why sometimes simpler aids work a lot better as an orientation mobility aid, because you want the right amount of information at the right time, yeah. and that yeah. Mar for wayfinding is much less than what it provides there. So we're, we're, if I'm we're using the time. We're almost out of time. Oh, yeah, Mark, I would but, say no, use why, a person why, why, because they can yep. filter for you. But, Mark, I have to say, for someone who's been able to see, someone who has low vision, there's where your application, like you said, you wouldn't trust it with a traffic light, like the, you know, the signaling and that kind of thing. But to get a concept of what's around you for some people be, who have seen before, I think that might be you're hitting the nail right on the head there where that use for some of your students to get a concept of, hey, we're down at Roy Thompson Hall, we're gonna go inside. This is what's all in front of you, where they can stand there and process that to a point. Again, a lot of superfluous information, but really interesting point and a real interesting other way that we haven't thought about to utilize this. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, pal. We'll keep on playing with it. Yeah, keep on. We'll, 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 we'll revisit, Mark. Thanks a lot. Mark Crankin always bring us so much to talk about as we have our orientation and mobility segment. We do this uh, uh, the fourth Monday of the month right here on Kelly and Romeo. Coming up next, folks, does an employee have to disclose their substance dependency to their employer? Or is it Nanya? Danielle McLaughlin lets us know <laughs> on Know Your Rights after this. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. 
Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.